Brittany here with The Wayward Lasses, reminding you to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all the things. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Come on, what are you waiting for? Did you do it yet? Okay, let's start the show. I think a lot of us, we look for our do-it-yourself, you know, give me the five steps to beating burnout. Um, And those are great, great taglines and hooks for social media. And I probably have put some out there, but it's the work in each one of them that is critical, right? Welcome to the Wayward Lasses All the Things Podcast. Real content. For real women. Every age and stage of life. Are you ready to get real with the Wayward Lasses? You've come to the right place. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Wayward Lasses podcast. I'm Brittany, joined today by my sister, Courtney. Hello, sister. Hello, sister. Our mother, Amy. <laughs> Hello, daughters. Hello. <laughs> and our very special guest for this evening, Cecilia Livingston. Hello. Oh, she did Hello. it too. <laughs> Hello. How can you not? You've got to join the crowd. so before we hop into cecilia and her story and her business we of course are going to start with some trivia and uh courtney i believe you have that i do i do have trivia today it's so what we're gonna do is some 90s music finish the lyric i think these are pretty popular songs i think you guys will do well but we'll see all right so i'm gonna give you the line and you're gonna try to finish are we ready Ready? All right. right. Um, I get knocked down, but I get up again. again. Oh, darn. You're never going to keep me down. Yes. (laughs) Bonus points if you know who sings it and the name of the song. Chumba Wamba. I actually think they're from Britain. (laughs) Tub something. Tub something. The weirdest name. Weird. The whole, all of it, all of it. Great you song. You know, we now. used to we used to jam out to that song as kids, and then I got older and listened to the lyrics, and they're really inappropriate for <laughs> children to sing. You find it more it? and more as you get she older says and have it. children. Yes. yes, I used to think she said "kissing the night away." She does not. She says "pissing the night away." <laughs> and we're in the car like da, 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 da. <laughs> like ten. It's great. All right, the next song. Um, Oops, my dad. All right, I have to try. I have to try not to to sing this. Okay, as I walk through, Got it. The, through the valley of the shadow of death, I take, I take a, a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been passing and passing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. She's still going. Julio. Yeah. Very nice. I don't think, uh, I think Away last year, guys. I feel like yeah, you guys I, think, away, I feel right? yeah. I think we did uh-uh. this. Brittany, Brittany yeah, cheated. I think he yeah. did. Oh, no, I mean, that's like. Oh, sorry. I'm on a different conversation. Sorry. Oh, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, yeah. September 28, 2022. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Cardiac oh. arrest. Crazy. Oh wow. He was, he was pretty young too. Yeah. 58. Um, mm-hmm. All right. This one's super easy, but I just have to throw it in there because it's a 90s classic. Brittany, give uh, everybody else a chance. Yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll just do this when I know it and let you guys go. All right. Strumming my pain with his with fingers. With his fingers. There you go. Singing my life with his words. Sing, Sing it. it. Sing it. 
You gotta sing it. Killing me softly. I love Lauren it. Hill. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, it is, Lauren. It is the it's, it's the Fugees. Aretha Franklin. Yeah. The Fugees. Roberta Flack. Uh, Roberta Flack, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Roberta Flack from the 70s. Yes. All right. Um, this one you guys are all going to get. Again, I'm just throwing it in there for the fun. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie, Barbie world. world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. Yes. You can wash my hair. I'm just me anyway. Come on, Bobby. Let's go, Bobby. <laughs> Who sings it, Brett? Aquaman. No. No, no. Aqua. 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 Jason Momoa. Aquaman. Jason Momoa sings it. I was going to say. It's he Jason does Momoa. not sing it. Oh, well, that would be Aqua. Interesting. I don't know why. I just rolled off the tongue. Aquaman. Aquaman. All right. One more. One more. <laughs> One more. All right. Um, all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars blank. You got it, Cecilia. I see you. I do. Yes, it's there. Grab it. Oh, my goodness. Do you want me to sing it? Start it. Um, and all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars. Break the mold. Have you seen Rat Race? No. The movie Rat Race? Watch the movie Rat Race. It's funny. It's got Mr. Bean in it, if you can handle him, but it's got Cuba Gooding Jr. And that song plays a big role in that movie. And oh, it's so fun. Yes. Rat Race. Great yeah. system. Rat, Rat Race. race. Well, Family Smash friendly. All-star. Yes. Smash Mouth. All-star. Yep. That's good. All right. I could That's do that it. all night. Like, literally, <laughs> could just do that all night. I know. It's fun. (laughs) But let's hop into the episode. We are interviewing Cecilia tonight, and she is the owner of Cecilia Livingston Coaching. Um, Before we dive into that and your coaching business, could you give us a brief introduction as to who you are? Sure. Um, I live in South Carolina. I am a Wisconsin transplant. Um, very upper Midwestern in all that I am and do. Um, I check the weather every morning, compare it to back home. That's the kind of person that I am. And I go, oh, it's 30 below up there. Oh, it's 100 degrees warmer here. Shucks. Um, but I am a wife, a mom of five kids. Uh, two of them are still at home, uh, two teenagers and I love my Basset Hounds and Old English Bulldogs. Um, I am the fourth of five girls. Um, So yeah, that's me. Uh, You know, I am a diehard introvert. Uh, COVID has reinforced that 100%. Uh, So Netflix and chill is totally my jam and sending memes to my best friend over Instagram while she's sitting at home watching Netflix, you know, that's, that's <laughs> my perfect evening. So I love that. You know, it's crazy is my husband's mom and brother and sister live in Wisconsin and there's like Ooh. nine inches of snow yes. and it's like negative degrees there. I'm just like, that sounds awful. <laughs> but we stay for so long. It was, you know, and the concept of leaving, 
we think we want to, but can we really? So I'm really glad that we we just bit the bullet and moved our family south. So well, welcome to the south. Thank you. <laughs> we're we're all transplants too. We're all from New York. So yeah, you know how it goes. The weather down here is much better. Grateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although better. it's pretty, I feel like it's indecisive though. Like I never know what yeah. season it is. I have to dress for all seasons every day. Yes. yes. <laughs> Literally in, in, well, because they're in North Carolina and I used to be in North Carolina. North Carolina, you can experience every season in one day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) It's funny. Okay. Um, Go ahead, Court. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to jump right in and I wanted to ask you if you could, you know, we're talking about corporate burnout and, um, I actually didn't really know what corporate burnout is. I myself is, I'm from a small business. Um, I just recently transferred to a corporate setting, but um, spent most of my um, career in a, in a small family owned business. And so I, when I saw corporate burnout, I have an idea of what that means, but not really. So could you maybe talk about like, what is corporate burnout? What are some of the signs sure, um, absolutely. of that? Yeah. And I, I want to preface and how it affected you too. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to preface that, you know, when we think about burnout, we do think about it in the corporate setting, you know, high powered or um, in, in corporate America, but it can really happen anywhere. And it can happen for stay at home moms. It can happen for entrepreneurs and burnout, as I like to describe it, is really just the overwhelm, the sheer overwhelm. It's chronic stress. You know, we all have stress levels that we experience when it comes to specific deadlines or new projects that kind of get us all ramped up. But when it comes to burnout, it's it's there. It is a constant companion. It interrupts your sleep. It makes you anxious. It makes you depressed. And then it just decides to make you not care. And say, you know what? I'm not engaged anymore. I just need to step back as a coping mechanism. So my story with burnout, I worked for a Fortune 10 company uh, for over 20 years. Um, It was a great opportunity and still is. I still work there. Um, But I hit a point where I knew I needed to do something different. It had to be, there had to be an exit ramp uh, from this crazy, from this crazy life. As I continued, you know, up the corporate ladder, even though it wasn't one I was intentionally climbing, it got harder and harder to stay excited about my job. Mm -hmm. I would get a new role and say, yay, this is great. Whether it's a promotion or a new challenge or uh, working for a great boss. And yet I still felt this tug on my soul, this drain that it's time for something new, but I ignored it. I just kept going because that's what we're supposed to do, right? We have a family, we've got responsibilities. There's things that we have to do and exiting just isn't an option or we don't think it is. Um, And so I continued chugging along If I just can make it till Friday, I'll be okay. If I can just make it till June, I've got a week off. And all of those stories that I would try to tell myself 
didn't ever come true because Friday would come or the vacation would come and I was miserable for the time off because I knew I was going back and it was not where I wanted to be. It no longer aligned with who I was. And so I actually took five months off of work. I was out on, and not on vacation. It was short-term disability um, to deal with burnout because I just could not do it anymore. And when I say I couldn't do it anymore, it wasn't just work. It had impacted my ability to operate as a mom, as a wife, as a friend. I was totally exhausted. You know, when you see in the news that uh, a musician or an actor or whoever it is, they were suffering from exhaustion. Mm-hmm. That's a nice friendly way of saying they had a burnout meltdown mm-hmm. where they just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is. It is emotional and physical exhaustion. And so, um, so yeah, that's the pretty picture of, of burnout and what it is. And a a little bit of, of my story of experiencing it, which really turned into why I started coaching. Right. Wow. That's so interesting. So it really can affect like anyone, anywhere. It doesn't necessarily Mm. have to be in a corporate setting. Absolutely. And, and one of the areas that I see it in as well is for women who are caretakers. Mm -hmm. So it might be, it might just be a regular, regular family setting. It may be a situation where you have children with special needs Mm -hmm. and the extra stresses that come with that. It may be cases of acute sickness, whether it's themselves, their kids, their parents, their spouses. So all of these stresses that we find ourselves encountering and meeting the challenge, you know, they tell us that that we can do anything and we can do it all and we can, (laughs) but there's a cost, right? And so it's that cost that is starting to catch up with so many of us. That really resonates with me because I think that's what happened to me as a teacher, teacher burnout, Mm, and it's happening everywhere. And it's the, I feel like there's other factors too, you know, when it comes to just not even be able to support your own family or not having the time or things constantly getting added to you, but you know, you can do it. You can do anything. You're a teacher. You've got this. And then you've got, you know, depending on how many students, 90 to 120 little ones that you care about on an educational level and a personal level. And a lot of times mm-hmm. you're their, you're their mom because they don't have a mother figure. You're their psychologist because they've got issues. They don't feel anybody, uh, they don't feel comfortable talking with anybody else. And it's so much and it builds and it builds um, and you just burn out. And that's exactly what happened to me. And that's why I left. I can't yeah. do it anymore. Absolutely. Our educators our healthcare professionals, oh my goodness, the last three years have been nightmares where they have been pushed into situations, forced into situations because of the pandemic that they were never trained Mm -hmm. or supported enough to successfully weather. And so whether it was, whether it's teachers or nurses and doctors or anybody in, in the realms of education and healthcare, that's where the highest number of burnout are happening today. And they continue because those that weathered it 
are realizing that it's not over now right. that everything is back to normal. Yes. Right. right. And I know for me, like as a mom, you touched on it a little bit, but I have three kids and mm-hmm. I work and I also am a, you know, I stay at home mom. I work remotely. And yes. I think that as women, especially there's, there's this expectation that we have to take it all on. And I, um, never wanted to ask for help because I thought that that showed that I was a bad mom. Like yeah. I shouldn't need help. I've seen moms with five kids, with eight kids, and they're, they've got a farm and they've got mm-hmm. all these things. And, you know, we always fall into that comparison trap on social media where we're, we're looking yes. at their beautiful highlight reel and their life seems so perfect. I, I should be able to do this. And there's unrealistic mm-hmm. expectations we put on ourselves. We don't do put up healthy boundaries and um, it ends up being like a lot. I know I've caught myself a couple times just getting numb. You know, I just yes. don't let myself feel anything. I just go through the monotonous yes. day to day. And, you know, I deserve better than that. My husband deserves better than that. My kids deserve better than that. So this is definitely, um, it resonates with me too. Definitely something that needs to be talked about. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Social media does not do us any favors Yeah. Um, when it comes mm-hmm. to burnout. And rather than bringing us together, it makes us feel isolated because yeah. all the shouldas, you know, we should ourselves to death on, on what we should be able to do. Suck it up, buttercup. You know, this is what mm-hmm. women have fought for. All those things that, that we think about and go through our minds from external sources. But then we have to also fight our internal triggers and the right. things that, you know, those limiting beliefs that we've set up for ourselves about what our capabilities are. Um, you know, so it might be a, I can't, I can't say no, I have to do everything. I have to make a home cooked meal every night. You know, I cannot allow my children to have cereal tonight. Really? Is anybody going to die if you have cereal tonight because you just need to have a quiet evening? No Mm -hmm. one's going to die. That was my motto for a while. (laughs) They're not going to die. Everybody's happy there. It's, it's, I don't have a mom report card that I need to ace. Nobody's grading me, but me. Right. And so starting to give ourselves that grace and have that realization is key because right. all of the great benefits that we've received from working at home for many of us through the pandemic, there's a two edged sword to that mm-hmm. yeah. because then we're always home. Mm-hmm. And that for some of us is a great thing, but for some of us, we start saying, Oh, I can do all these other things and work and take care of my kids who are also here and help my in-laws who also need my help. We start taking on more things and then there is never any separation of duties and there's no space in there for us, yeah, none yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really become a slippery slope. Definitely. So um, walk us through it. You... You're, you're having, you, you took your time off and mm-hmm. then what did you do? What was your response to this? You, you started coaching. Walk us through that. Yeah. So, so taking the time off was very difficult. Um, you know, I've worked full time through my babies. I took my maternity leave and I was back at work because I had to, we had babies to feed. We had, had responsibilities. And so spending time quiet without doing all of the things was very uncomfortable. 
So that was the first thing I had to do was start getting comfortable with me and the silence and creating the silence in my head. Because, you know, you have like a million things going on in your head right now. You probably do, you know, you probably have got your to-do list about, okay, I got the kids in bed. I got to prep for school tomorrow. I have this, that to do. We have an endless list that is always going. And so for me, it was being able to sit quietly on my back porch without my phone and do nothing. And I would sit and cry because it was so uncomfortable. Um, It was not me. I had to do, I needed to be productive. So that was the biggest transformation for me was being okay with that silence and solitude and then beginning to use it as a tool to really hear myself and what I needed and what I wanted. And so as I went through my leave, it was work. When I look at it, it was the weirdest, hardest work that I have done in a very long time because it was focused on me and no one else Mm -hmm. for a change. Um, And I still look back at it and I still have the tendency to say, I could have used that time a whole lot better. You know, I could have finished this project and we should have traveled and, you know, I should have taken courses and I had all these crazy things that I should have done, but I know the best use of my time was just being for a change and not doing. So as I was being, um, as you mentioned, it was isolating, right? Because you see people who are doing it all, all the things, they can keep it oh, together. She said it. She yeah. said all the things. All the things. <laughs> Let's do all the things. And is that a drinking game? Do I need to have a drink or no, something? No, it's, the, it's that's the name of our podcast. Yes, yes. yes. So, yeah. I, I think that you should also make it some kind of a drinking game when somebody just throws mm. it in there. Um, I love that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I... Um, or was I? So, oh yeah. So it was isolating and I didn't, I, I felt like nobody else really understood where I was at, but the longer I sat there, I'm like, no, I know there's a lot more women who are sitting where I'm at, but nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to admit and be vulnerable enough to say, I need help because that's what got me there to begin with was not saying anything and just sucking it up and doing the stuff. So, um, I created a Facebook group. What else do you do <laughs> this century? When you need a community, you create a community, right? That's right? And so I started talking to all these women. We would have virtual coffees. We would, I'd do Facebook lives. I did my first ever Facebook live doing that. <laughs> um, and I'd get on the phone and talk with them one-on-one about what was going on. And I realized I needed more tools in my tool belt to help them because I could relate to them. I could tell them that they weren't alone, which was my biggest message and continues to be, but I didn't have a whole lot beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I did take a weekend coaching class. And from that moment, I was hooked. Um, It checked all the boxes for me on things that filled my soul, which was helping other people using my story and my lessons learned so somebody else didn't have to sink to the depths of a burnout meltdown was it, it, 
encouraged me to speak out more and to share my story more. And so, you know, when it came to coaching, so I'm going to, I'm going to show my upper Midwestern here. Um, so <laughs> when somebody says the phrase life coach, I'm like, oh, you mean Heather from California who burns sage and is all woohoo? Yeah, I don't do life coach. That you know, that was that was my my thing. Um, but I loved the work, and so I loved doing it and exploring the different paths to help people hear themselves because that's really what coaching is. It's not me offering a solution; it's providing a safe place for you to figure out what's going on in your heart. Yes. In your heart, in your head. Um, and exploring that with you. And so once I wrapped my, you know, icy little Wisconsin brain around that, then I'm like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to do. So I just continued my learning and I'm continuing my learning about coaching. You know, that's the wonderful thing, especially in continuing to work with professional women who are dealing with burnout. There's always new avenues to explore. There's always new expressions of people's desires and needs that light me up. I'm still on my journey. I'm not finished with my journey. So I'm continuing to learn for myself Mm -hmm. and to help whoever I can who needs a hand up. And so that is, uh, that is how my big old meltdown led to the biggest career shift that I could have imagined. Yes. Yeah. I love that though. Like just the forming of community. A lot of times that's, Mm -hmm. that's what you need, you know, to know you said it to know that you're not alone because it is a lonely place. And in the, in this day and age with so much social media and everybody Mm -hmm. interacting, even on zoom or Zencaster or whatever, you think that, Oh, well, technology just lets us see each other all the time. But in a way it's also isolating because you're missing out that, you know, that connection with people. So um, I love that. I think that that's, that's so important. That's a great, even just life tool, life tip for people just, always find yourself in community, especially with like-minded people who you can relate to, who share that same testimony, that same, you know, life experience. It's probably very healing, you know? It is. It's huge. And that helped me during my own recovery um, to a place where I could re-enter the workforce because I knew that there were even more women out there. Yeah. There were women that I was working with in the corporate setting that I knew were burned out, but didn't want to talk about it. And so it allowed me opportunity to find ways to speak openly about it within my corporate environment and to have those hard conversations with people to start making it a acceptable and necessary conversation to have. And so that's one thing um, upon my re-entry. So not only being able to do Uh, when I first started out coaching as a side gig, but being able to bring my experience back to my very massive corporate organization. Um, So even in my little corner of that world to start having those conversations and 
making sure that those in my circle and of my, my circle of influence were able to say, I need help or make it acceptable to say, I'm taking a mental health day. Right. That's, yeah. That to me is um, one of the greatest gifts that I can give my team is rather than saying, hey, I'm taking a day off, I, I will send them an email and say, hey, guys, I'm taking a mental health day today. Um, it's okay. And so they are speaking up more easily to say, you know what, I'm really stressed. And then we find solutions. And if they need to take a day off, if they need to take a week off, go take care of you. Um, that's, that's more important than the next deadline. Yeah, I love that. So Cecilia, I'm, I'm curious. I, I yes. have been in the corporate world for, I don't even know how many years now, <laughs> but for many, many years, curious as to did your or does your employer offer um, tools for the employees in terms of, you know, recognizing that you're having an issue where you need to take time off or do they have mental health days? Like I know my company every quarter, mm -hmm. they want you to take a day off from mental health day, right? So they do things within the organization to ensure that you're not alone, especially given the yeah. fact that um, during COVID, we feel so isolated, right? So they've formed many Slack channels that people can talk to about puppies, about dad jokes, about Asians, about, you know, um, D, DEIB, you know, anything under the sun that the, the ability to talk about it is there. Mm -hmm. So number one, does your company offer something like that? And if they don't, do you think that if they did, it would maybe ease the burden or make it a lot easier for people to talk about. It's not, it's not a, a taboo topic. It's, Hey, yeah. we all go through this. Let's talk about it and support one another. Yeah. So yes, my company does. There are, there are some channels to have those conversations, but definitely not enough. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, in that space, we have we do have generous PTO. So basically, whether it's sixth day, vacation day, mental health day, it all goes in one one big bucket, and you use it how how you choose to use it, um, which works well for me. I know others are concerned about not having your sick days versus your P, your vacation days and and that whole construct, but I think more so than than the corporate line and. Yep, we've got like our internal Facebook where people can go out and we have channels for, you know, funny jokes and we have channels for puppies and new baby pictures. Grandmas and grandpas love some of those sites and they're able to post their their pictures of, of their new grandkids, um, which is great, right? It reminds us that we're all human mm -hmm. and that this job is not our life. This job should be supporting our life. But it really comes down to your direct manager, right? If they do not view their team as people, as humans, mm -hmm. as, as emotional, mental, physical beings who need empathy and support, mm -hmm. then nothing that is done at a corporate level is worthwhile. So... 
one of the things that I would really like to see, you know, through my own experience in a single company for 20 plus years is that you have very different management styles within it. So even though you may have managers who have been with the company for years and years and years, some are more culturally aware than others. We still have the old school managers who are top down, who are these mm-hmm. the dead are the deadlines. I don't care if you have to work at midnight or over the weekend. That's your problem. Get it done. Mm. And then you have those who have the sensibility to understand that life happens and that we're not all machines and that we need to have real human conversations. And so the more that leadership styles and leadership culture can be influenced, the better off any corporate or any small business or any sort of work environment. That That's when it can flourish and when burnout can really be managed rather than at burnout, just managing the day-to-day stress levels and the ebbs and flows of the business. But until as corporate entities, we start focusing on leadership and management styles. Unfortunately, all the bells and whistles and coaching programs and um, you know things that are offered to employees as part of our benefit packages, those things are useless um, if we don't have management that really supports it. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yep, so true. It is. I've even seen it. We have a, a family member who was uh, talking about this recently, just saying, yeah, I was promoted um, and I'm in charge of all these people, but nobody gave me any training on, yeah. you know, my job. Yes, I have a bottom line, but most of my job is managing people and mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that. Like I, he, you know, he himself is an introvert and he's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And so he was just kind of flying by the seat of his pants and ultimately was like, this isn't for me. And he, you know, left his position. So you're so right. It starts with leadership and we have to do better with training proper leaders and proper managers to care for people, you know, more than just mm-hmm. treating them more than they're just like a moving part in a machine. Cause I feel like right. that's often how we're looked at. Like you're replaceable. If you, there's people out there who don't have a job. So if you don't do it, I'll get somebody else to do it. Um, exactly. And it's, it's, that's really poor management, as you said. So um, I agree with you hundred percent. And I have a story about that. So my return to the corporate world, I was terrified of going back because I didn't know if I could handle it. And going back into the exact same situation that I'd come out of was not an option for me. So I had a previous boss um, who kept in touch and she knew I was out. And so she texted me one day, said, hey, I know you're still out, but do you have time to chat? So she had a position that was opening up on her team and she's like, I want you to take it. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm ready. I, I, I literally still cry when I consider going back to work. I don't think that that's going to work all that well. Um, and she's like, well, just talk to some of the other folks on the team and check it out and let me know what you think then. And so I did, and I knew that if I was going to go back, it was going to be the softest place for me to land um, re-entering the company. And the reason I say that 
was she didn't hire me for my great financial acumen. It was a financial, financially driven role with dollar targets and, and bottom lines. But she hired me to take care of her people. Hmm. And that is why I went back. And that's why I took that role because that's what I knew. I could take care of people. And I could take care of people better now than I could take care of them before burnout because I let all of the things weigh me down and the focus of, of that old leadership team, you know, squash or attempt to squash whatever humanity that I had. But here I was being asked to show that first. And so I'm like, yeah, sign me up and be gentle with me. And that's why, that's why I work uh, for the great leader that I work for. I love that. That's a great story. <laughs> I wanted to, you had said something earlier that when you, you took that five, those five months off, mm-hmm. um, that you said it was, it was difficult. It was hard yeah. work. Um, and it wasn't just time off. You really worked on yourself. And I really love that you mentioned that because we've talked before about changing mindsets and being able to accomplish goals and what do you need to be able to do that. And it is hard work. If you're, if you're really needing to change something like that, working on yourself and figuring out what the root of the problem is and rerouting your brain to think about it differently, it is hard work. So my question is, um, if you don't mind sharing, what are some tools that women can add to their toolkit um, to overcome burnout like this? Yeah, so great question. So I think a lot of us, we look for our do-it-yourself, you know, give me the five steps to beating burnout. Um, And those are great, great taglines and hooks for social media. And I probably have put some out there, but it's the work in each one of them that is critical, right? So finding that silence and solitude, that is my number one requirement for beating burnout. Even if it's just five minutes, I used to put myself in timeout. I, I would just call it timeout. I'm like, okay, I, I need to take a nap in the middle of the day. I, the, getting back to basics for me was important. So I would put myself in a dark room and I put a guided meditation or a progressive muscle relaxation. I'd listen to it and I would lay flat in my bed for at least five minutes a day. And that just allowed me to start hearing things hearing myself again. So that is a big one. Five minutes a day for yourself and nothing else. No distractions, just you. Um, The next item is really about our mindset and saying nothing changes if nothing changes. Tony Robbins says you need to participate in your own rescue. You can't just wait for things to change. You have to make them change. And that doesn't necessarily mean up and leaving your job. Now, if you can do that, I'm not going to tell you not to, but let's be real. Most of us feel as though we can't. That's the reason that's what's causing a lot of the burnout is that feeling of being trapped where Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. because of our responsibilities. But it's changing how we perceive the world around us. How am I dealing with these stressors? It's how do I view my job? Is it just a means to an end? 
Or is this something that I, I'm truly interested and passionate about that has just gotten really heavy for me right now? So really changing our perspective to nothing changes if nothing changes and actively being interested and motivated to make changes. Um, and then community. We've already talked about the importance of it. You have to have community. Um, you need to know that you're not alone. And we can rationalize that. Yeah, I know I'm not alone. I know there's millions of people who are burned out. Everybody's burned out. But then we're back into minimizing our own feelings. So mm -hmm. finding our tribe of, of women or certain professions, our teachers, our nurses, and saying, okay, ladies, how are you feeling today? What are your challenges today? Because guess what? Their challenges and their feelings are the same as yours. And so hearing it coming from somebody else feeds your soul to make that connection. And then my fourth item is get help. Get help. Burnout recovery is not a solo sport. So whether that's getting help from a medical professional um, and seeing if there is something from a medication perspective, you know, depression and anxiety are all wrapped up in burnout. And sometimes we need that pharmaceutical help. So if that is the case, do not reject it. Um, it's If it's therapy, go to therapy, talk. We have so many traumas in our lives that we just stuff down and keep going, but we don't realize and don't want to recognize sometimes how much they impact our day-to-day -day lives. Um, or maybe it's a coach like me um, who can help us look forward. So not necessarily looking back and processing everything that's happened, but how do we use these experiences and create our path forward to the lives that we want to live, whether it's a life of, of time freedom and I want to change my job and I want to, you know, be able to travel the world and live on a beach. Okay. How are you going to get there? Let's talk about that. Or if it's, you know what? I love my job. I want to be CEO one day, but I'm really burned out right now and I need to get a handle on this. That's what a coach does is meets you wherever you're at and creates that safe space for you to process and make your plan and then hold you accountable and help you meet it. You have a partner in your burnout recovery. So those are the things that I, I view as really important from my own experience and from the women I've worked with um, as they have emerged from burnout as well. I love that. That is wonderful advice. I'm taking notes over here. <laughs> so I love that. Fabulous. I love it. Um, so just, you know, kind of uh, going off of that, one of our listeners is, is let's say, listening to this and, mm -hmm. and feels like this really applies to them. Um, and they contact you. They want to you know, be part of your coaching program. What is, what would that look like uh, for yeah. them? Yep. So I love to start off just by having conversations. So a lot of times I'll just schedule a quick 15 minute conversation so we can meet each other on Zoom um, or over the phone. So they know that there's a real person on this end um, and get a quick snapshot of where they're at. And is this a, a good fit for me? Um, for them, for me, for both of us. Sometimes they yeah. may have a very specific situation 
and I'm not the best coach. I'm not the best person to help them. And so I'm going to refer them out to somebody else in my coaching network, or I'm going to say, you know what? I have some really great mental health uh, resources in your community that I would love uh, to refer you to if it's something that really needs to have that, uh, that medical attention. Um, I don't bite off more than I can chew. So, uh, so that 15 minutes for me is really just a quick, let's take each other's temperature to see if this is something we want to pursue. And if it sounds like it's a good fit, then I'm going to invite you back for another hour and we're going to basically do another hour of free coaching. Um, where we dig deeper to find out your situation, where you are now, where you want to be, what are your barriers of getting there? And then at the end of that, we'll talk about what I offer through my coaching programs. And then you'll have an opportunity to say, yes, let's get started. This fits. Or we'll talk about if it's not a great fit, what you can do to make sure that you don't stay where you're at. Because... Mm -hmm you've stayed where you're at for too long. You've sacrificed too much already. You've made yourself sick already in one way, shape or form. It's costing you. And so the last thing that I want to do is to leave you there. So we talk about ways for them to uh, find some kind of path forward, but ultimately it's gonna be up to them to take action. I love that you walked us through that because I think oftentimes people feel, even like when you go see your medical doctor, it's like, I'm stuck with this person, but it's really should be an opportunity for you to interview that person or, you know, vice versa and see, like you said, if it really is a fit. So I love that you go through that process and we're not just, for lack of a better word, stuck with who I'm talking to at this point, right? Because I think that's part of it too. I love the fact that you said um, you're partnering with somebody because oftentimes Mm -hmm. what we found, at least I found in my experience is somebody's talking at me and not necessarily listening to what I'm feeling or what I want out of this relationship. And so often it doesn't work and, and I leave that place feeling like, I'm in the same place when I first started. Yeah, I <laughs> what's, know. What's the purpose, right? So I, exactly. I love that you walked us through that. But just to tack on to that now, um, if somebody wanted to get into coaching, is a yeah. two-part question. What <laughs> advice would you, would you give them, right? And then, and, and on top of that, like some of the difficulties that you faced in terms mm-hmm. of setting up your business and even being a coach, um, yeah. Can you talk to that and share that with our talk about that and share that with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So, becoming a coach these days is super easy. Um, I, it's too easy in, in some respects because you know I first started my coaching journey. My first class was basically a weekend boot camp, mm-hmm. and for me, it was just the beginning. It was okay. This I got a taste of this. Now it's time to go out and get more and to arm myself and put all, you know, more tools in my toolbox. And it really started what I view as now as a lifelong learning opportunity. Um, But there may be some folks who are like, oh, I did a weekend coaching class. I'm ready to start coaching people. So I would say to take a look at the coaching programs out there. You can search them for hours ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's great that there's so many options to fit people's 
budgets to fit people's timelines and mm. circumstances, but don't get taken advantage of. Really do your research in, in your coaching programs uh, prior to signing up to make sure that they're going to meet your goals. Because remember, this is about you at this point. Um, and if you want to turn around and help others, you need to make sure that you're prepared to do that. So it's really easy to get started in coaching though. And it really just starts with that desire to help. Most coaches find that they've been coaches their entire lives, but just haven't been paid for it. Hmm. You know, it's, it's that, um, it it is, it's, you know, in my, in my corporate job, I used to laugh that I had a virtual coach in my office because everybody would call me and I would talk them off of their cliffs while I was going through my own existential crisis, you know, through burnout as well. So, um, so it is easy to become a coach, um, But the challenge is, is making coaching sustainable from a business perspective. Um, That is a challenge. And so finding a methodology, finding your niche, finding something that you have a passion for that you're not going to give up tomorrow because it gets too hard. That to me has been my, that's been my lifeline um, is wanting to serve these women. I'm still on my journey. So why wouldn't I want to help everybody else who's on theirs? And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's finding your passion through this. um, That's really going to help you hang on as you figure out the business stuff. Um, Because like I had my own preconceived idea, what a life coach was. So does everybody else that you meet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of them think that's, you know, that's they're you're just going to charge them 10 bucks for an hour and off you go. Well, that's not a viable business model um, for you. You're running yourself ragged and burning out to, trying to help everybody, but you're not you're not getting what you need to sustain your practice mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So um, so finding the right business model is critically important. Um and making sure that you find time to fill your cup up because you are continuing to give. Um, it's It can be a very emotional space if you let it be a very emotional space. You can connect with people without it being emotionally taxing on you. But just like with any, any passion that you have, anything that you love doing, it still takes energy. Mm-hmm. And so you need to make sure that you're keeping your own energy up um, before you, you know, turn on zoom and, and meet with your next client because they deserve to have all of you there and ready to go. Mm. Um, and so for me, um, keeping my energy level high is my priority. And I'm happy to say with where I am in my own journey has been a lot easier than I thought it would. It was one of my first, you know, kind of cautions that I had going on in my own in my own mind, um, to make sure that I didn't burn out doing this work, helping others who were going through burnout as well. Um, so yeah, that is, I would say that was 
That's what I got there. <laughs> just my mind went blank. I'm like, where am I going with this? <laughs> I, love it. I, love it. I love that you mentioned the filling your cup. My old boss, my principal at the school I used to work at, always talked about filling your bucket. And every time that you help somebody, and that, that was always my problem. If someone needed help, I said, sure, yeah, I'll help out. I'll watch your class. I'll help you with this. I'll do that. I'll stay late. You know, and every time I lend myself out, there is a hole in my, or I'm taking a scoop of water out of my bucket and I never had my bucket filled. Um, So I love that you mentioned making sure that you're taking the time to fill your bucket, fill your cup. Um, You can't love somebody else until you learn to love yourself. You can't take care of someone else until you're taking care of yourself. So I think that was really great advice that you gave. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. my question for you is what are your goals for the year? You've got, um, you know, an awesome business, Cecilia Livingston coaching, you've got your yeah. own website. So what are your goals? Share that with us if you don't mind. Sure. So I have a really, <laughs> I'm going to say bodacious goal. Um, it's not a word I use all the time, but um, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. Um, I am going to leave the corporate world hundred percent. In 2023. So, um, my, my coaching is my priority. And so, um, and that's continuing to grow and I am loving it. I just told my coach, cause I've got multiple coaches as well. Coaches need coaches. Um, last week I'm like, I'm feeling like a full-time coach, even though I'm not. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and this year will be my last year in corporate America. Wow. Uh, so that is my goal. Yeah, Hooray. I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that little twist. <laughs> So. I hope you're not listening. Bosses, I know, right? <laughs> yes. Oh no. If, um, if anybody is listening, they'd already know this about me. I'm uh, not. I, I don't hold that one very close. I'm more than happy to tell it, actually. Oh, so, okay. yeah. All right. We won't, we won't have to edit that part out. Is that you're saying? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, well, Cecilia, we absolutely loved having you here tonight. Um, I love, absolutely love your passion, your heart, and my favorite thing in talking to you is seeing how you've taken your life experiences and you've just so determined to use them to help others. I think that that is a beautiful quality. It's a a wonderful example to set. We should all be doing that. Um, You know, I don't think we ever go through anything in vain. And I think it's important for us to use our own struggles to help to help mm-hmm. others. And I just love that that's where you're coming from. Um, and so it's been such a pleasure having you. And uh, before you. we go, um, could you maybe just let our listeners know how they can connect with you, your, your social media, sure. your website, all that fun stuff? Absolutely. You can find me on Facebook, Cecilia Livingston. Um, you can also find my Facebook group, Freedom from Burnout, and would love to see you in there um, to share your own life experiences, to get a little encouragement and to find some inspiration on those days when it's just hard to get moving. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. We'll include that in the show notes for everybody in case you missed that. <laughs> Brett, you want to close us out? Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. We have had a blast. We hope you learned a lot from this. I know that I've learned a lot. I've been able to put some vocabulary uh, to what I was feeling when I left my job. Um, So if you are needing some help or some coaching or someone to talk to, I highly recommend you reach out to Cecilia. Um, Thank you guys again for joining us. And until next time, we are
sunglasses reminding you to keep it real.